All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 248 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ message board. And no, we're not going to spend the first 10 minutes of this show bitching about other people and other shows and other locations because we're not losers or morons. So uh, anyone bought any cool shit this week before we get into a little bit of the news? Ken, got anything cool to show? Yes, I got some cool stuff. Um, One thing I got this week was... Uh, issue number two of Kiss, the Kiss comic, uh, the end on that one. I'm not gonna get every issue. I'm just, I usually just get the first couple. Sure you will. I will not. No, I will not. <laughs> um, uh, and then I, I had gotten this one uh, earlier, beginning of the week, I think, or around over over the weekend. Um, and this is really, really good. They did a job on here on and that, this, that uh, for people who are listening is the new classic rock magazine yeah. dedicated to kiss it's not just a article and a poster the whole pretty much the whole I mean, is about it right yeah it's 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 interviews and things throughout the, all the years that they've been doing this and uh i mean it's just it's just a lot of good a lot of good stuff a lot of good pictures um and articles there's stuff from the guys like our buddy uh, Ken Sharp has a number of articles in there. Um, I gotta say something funny though. There's this this one little picture showing the uh, the dress to kill. It says this this thing here. It shows the different uh, outfits, kind of in a cartoonish kind of <laughs> format. Nice. Throughout the years, how they changed. Uh, throughout the years, so it's kind of. Oh, I like how Peter Peter morphed into a fox. Oh yeah, so and yeah, exactly. See how that? Well, what happened? <laughs> so and then yeah, down here you got Vinny down here. Uh, Ace <laughs> morphed into Vinny, you know. Morphed so, into a warrior. And yeah, so anyway, it's oh, wow. it's it's Wank really guy. good. I haven't read. I've I've been reading. You know, almost halfway through it. Um, just kind of reading it when I have a little time, and uh, it it's very enjoyable. Yeah, really good. That's, that's nice to know. I need to pick Keeper. that up. Kind of knew that that one was coming. Let's see what else is going on this week. Um, yeah, I had forgotten to do the drawing for this, but I have now. Uh, Eric is the winner of the uh, the artist signed indie exclusive comic book, and uh, that'll go out in the post due tomorrow. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> what other news? Yeah, the 40th anniversary of Dynasty yeah. is green vinyl is now available for order on Sound or Vision. I think uh, Kiss Online is also doing a Sound what's or Vision. Huh? You're laughing at me. I'm saying, what's wrong, Mark? He's shaking his head about that. Well, the the first album that I'm actually interested in actually purchasing, I go on the site and right away it says out of stock. Like I'll, already, I'll, like I'll, it went on like 20 minutes ago. Well, at, le- probably, at least, at least they're not trying the Skidmark one again. It's probably someone due to you know they Give they put time. in like a, a large amount. You put in a very large amount to try to see how many are left, you know, <laughs> in, in stock kind of thing. I bet you someone was. Doing it. it wasn't me though. Yeah, so so that's available. The new Kiss. Julian, you called that by the way. Did I, Green? 
<laughs> didn't we? No, you, didn't you called we... Dynasty would be the next one. Oh, okay. Uh, we didn't. But you know what, though? I find this very ironic, though, that didn't we... Weren't we the ones that were always bitching about this, saying that Kiss don't do this? Is it possible that somebody within the camp finally started filtering our comments back to them, saying that you know it might be a good idea to start doing these things because they hadn't done squat with okay. these kind of things? That might be the case, but come on, they're doing it too much. I mean, people have limited budgets to actually buy this shit, and you know now they're yeah. dumping it all on you. I mean, here cometh the flood, bloody hell! I mean, you know, uh, the awards, the vinyl. $410 jean jackets painted by slave labor in Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think you have to move. Oh, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Good. I want to see it. Every you, you, yeah. wanted, you wanted me to Perfect. show it. There it is. Yeah. That's there not, is. that's not going to show up. That's not centered. So yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. All right. That's the only time out. That's as close as I'm going to get to one of those awards because I'm not buying any unless they do the elder. What kind of fan are you? I'm a, I'm not a fan. You're a real kiss fan. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> hater. I'm a hate-filled cesspool of attitude. Wow. Personified. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, what what else is for sale? Uh, no, I, I think that's it. That and the jean jacket were the, the newest things. I can't remember. Did we cover the cancellation of Vinny last week because he did cancel and he has refunded and people are okay. Well, people are still bitching about it, but Vinny refunded everyone because it was, of course, PayPal. And uh, I haven't heard anything yet about what's going on with that, but whatever. Um, been listening to a lot of uh, Vinny Vincent Invasion. I found I had a soundboard of the invasion. And mm. I've been enjoying the living shit out of the All Systems Go Tour. So, fun stuff. Also been going back through the 86 stuff, trying to find where one track ends and the next one begins, because it's all blah, 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 blah. Um, all right, so, since it's the, the 40th anniversary of Dynasty today, we're going to talk about Unmasked. That's right. Because that's, that's how we roll. We get ahead of or behind. And we did our episode on the anniversary of Dynasty a couple of weeks ago. So today we've done an episode, I think, on Unmasked before, or at least talked quite substantially yeah. about repackaging it. Um, you know, so we're not going to go into any of that stuff when we talk about it. But I do want to recap, you know, the choice of singles, because that's a good starting point for any of these shows, uh, regardless of what we've said before. What do we think today? Lonnie, Shandy followed by Tomorrow. Are those what you would have done or in hindsight would have been mm. better to do something else? I would have went with one of those Ace songs. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think that they... Shandy's fine. Shandy's fine as a single. It's not my favorite song on the album, but it's not my favorite. But it's fine as a single. But I would have gone with Talk to Me as the second single off the album, just be for a couple of reasons. One, because I think it's a great song. And two, I think that they really should have done what they could have to keep Ace as happy as possible at that point. You'd already lost one original. You'd already lost one member. You were abandoned transition. Hey, let's not lose another one. Let's keep our lead guitar player happy and make his song the second single off the album. I don't have a problem with Shandy being the lead, the lead single. You guys might have different opinions on that. It's fine. 
but I think Talk to Me should have been the second. Um, for those listening to this episode, Ken just held up a beautiful Mexican splatter vinyl of Unmasked, which used to be one of the kind of really, really rare things uh, that had a hefty price premium on it. It's dropped uh, in the internet age because more of them are available now as people travel back and forth uh, between the two countries. But, you know, note to sound or and or vision. Uh, that's, yeah. how you, that's how you do vinyl, guys. Um, <laughs> they couldn't even get yeah. a marble swirl right, but that multicolor and some of the variations on that, absolutely stunning I, I almost regret getting rid of mine because in kind of a backlit frame it would just it just looks yes. badass so um yeah good points on the singles lonnie mark what, what's your take on you know those well um i think tomorrow is a good single i always thought it was a we'll wait for mark you, we lost you there oh Am I back? You're back. You're back. Okay. Continue. I was I was gonna say that I, I agree with Lonnie that I think that Talk to Me should have been a single. I think it's probably one of the best songs on the record, probably one of Ace's better songs that he's written. So I think that uh it should have been the single. Whether I d I highly doubt it they would have let it be the first one. You know how it is, you know, Paul would have to for sure be the first one. Right. But uh I think that it would have been good to put that in. It's a really rocking song. It would have maybe give the the album more the appearance of it being more rock and rollish than it actually is but uh yeah i think it's a great song i think that it definitely should have been the single over shandy yep good good thoughts on that ken well the the, the previous album dynasty of course had i was made for loving you and sure know something um and to me I think they needed to go in a different direction and, and first, first of all, not release Shandy as a lead off single. Um, if anything, that should have been like a third single. If the album was doing well, um, kind of like a Beth situation, um, mm. <laughs> destroyer. Um, but, uh, I think yeah, tomorrow should have been the lead off single because that's just one of the catchiest there. I mean, it's just a fantastic song and it kind of, fits in with the music that was going on, you know, during that time period. Um, but as a second single, uh, you know, I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably do something like you talk to me, like you guys were talking about. Um, cause you know, Ace was kind of hot, obviously, uh, a couple of years earlier with his solo album. So, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good song. So yeah, I'd start off again with tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I hate Shandy so much that I really think it should have been on a B-side, and if it got picked up like Beth, I agree with that sentiment, then it, it could have been flipped to an A-side or, mm. you know, just been what it was. I always liked the UK when it would talk to me and what makes the world go round. I think mm -hmm. France also did the same. Talk to me, of course, was a, a minor hit in Australia, Germany, France, and Switzerland. So, I, I mean, that kind of indicates, but they went, you know, they were going for AOR. Their feedback mm. to the listening yeah. parties that they had had was that Shandy was the standout track because it was so different than anything they'd done previously. Uh, but again, I hate it. And I, I firmly <laughs> believe that tomorrow could have bridged that gap you know much more as mm -hmm. could have 
easy as it seems, which was mm-hmm. kind of a transition between AOR and disco. You just imagine Paul at Studio 54 in, you know, 1980 as disco waned and pop rock, you know, kind of kept a dance beat to it, you know, kind of uh, might have worked. But, you know, taking Shandy out of the equation, Tomorrow definitely should have been the lead-off single. They should yeah. never have let off with something so wimpy and syrupy <laughs> and watered down, which is about as, you know, that was even further away from Beth, completely, you know, lacking yeah. the band. So, all right, let's just jump straight into our 11-song our countdown from worst to favoritistist. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, kind of go from there. So, as usual, and I always give a shout out to my buddies at Lipstick Panel, who just did a very long show with them uh, this past weekend, which should be up very soon, and you can just find out from them. Uh, so, people who complain about us barring this methodology, there aren't that many ways to skin a cat when it comes time to figure out an overall order of our favorites so you know it it is rocket science there's it's the best way i've seen anyone come up to do it and so we're going to bar it and we're going to give them a shout out whether you like their podcast or not if you're wondering who the hell they are go and give them a listen they do a lot of stuff not just kiss um they seem to have a boner for billy corgan and who i can't fucking stand so i need i need to catch up on some of those episodes and see if i learn anything new all right so our panel's ranking for Unmasked, starting in 11th position. We hate this song. It's nearly universal with one standout person um, sticking out like a sore thumb for not having it as his least favorite song on the album. <laughs> Managed to muster a grand total of five points. So it was our least favorite for three and second least favorite for Lonnie. Tell us about... You're all that I want, or all ah. that I, you're all that I don't want in this case. <laughs> it's not very good. It was my second favorite, my second to least favorite song on the album. Um, I don't, I rarely, rarely ever listen to the studio version of the song. If I listen to the song at all, I listen to the version on the box set, which I know Julian is... Mm-hmm said many times that he doesn't like that at all either but i i i halfway i halfway enjoy that version that's on the box set i halfway enjoy the demo versions it's a whole lot it's a lot less watered down and a lot much more raw than what appears on the album it's yeah what's on the album is is really pretty bad so and i can see why you guys put it as the worst mm-hmm. one and the only reason i didn't put it as the worst one is because i do like that demo version that appears on the box set so it's hard for me to say it's the worst song so that's why i got second to last instead of last for me yeah and apparently there's something that you hate even more than this which is it is pr- it's pretty dire by most fans measurements of any of the songs all right mark mm-hmm. give us your thoughts on here all that i want well um i agree it's terrible absolutely <laughs> atrocious um and it's confusing to me in one way because here we have Gene Simmons always, you know, mocking Paul with his songs and has his lyrics. And now we have a Gene Simmons song that's just equally sappy in lyrics. So, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking to kind of, you know, write that kind of a sappy song. It's very, very un like to write something like that, you know, instead of, you know, you're old. I want, I thought he, with his mentality, it should have been, I'm old that you want, you know, not you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, 
I think it's pretty bad. I mean, I agree that the uh, box set uh, version that they did later on is better, but not by much. But it's it is more listenable. I think that the the production of this record doesn't help this song at all, and I just think it's really weak. I think it's it is actually situated in the track listing perfectly at the very end. So if you don't want to listen to it, you're already done the record. You just turn it off, and that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find a quote actually, and it was uh, Paul, uh, pardon me, John Lennon insulting Paul McCartney for kind of writing the poppy songs that, uh, yeah, right. um, you know, what was it, Muzak or something like that, right. Uh, um, right? And and this just strikes me as being one of those kind of insults that, uh, you know, Paul could have leveled at. <laughs> gene for trying to do the same thing so voice of reason what's your thoughts on you're all that i want okay uh i agree that with lonnie about the uh well the box set is a better version um i, I still don't know if it would have moved it up in the list <laughs> uh, the problem with this song is is the is the the chorus um the verses are actually fine and you're kind of expecting something to happen better in the chorus but it just it just doesn't it's just flat and you know just rudimentary kind of uh unimaginable yeah and i hate i hate to do that you know put this on the bottom for gene you know it's just but it's the way it is this song is just not one of his better written songs um and i think you know you're all that i want dedicated to share probably so anyway (laughs) it doesn't make it any better it still doesn't make any better. But, Nothing know. can make this uh, song any better. I listened to the album like five times in preparation for doing this show, and wow. I skip this one every time. It's like, skip, mm-hmm. skip. I hate it. I just don't like it. Don't like the demo. I can't find anything redeeming to say about it other than... No, I can't find anything redeeming to say about it <laughs> <Okay>. whatsoever. <laughs> I can't believe they okay. performed it live in, you know, instead of some of the better material on this album, in my opinion. But uh, it, it is just one of those songs that um, I actually dislike it more than Nothing Can Keep Me From You or Read My Body or Let's Put The Axe. I mean, it, it is really? literally at the bottom of my list of kiss songs. If we were going to go through every single album, every well, single wow. studio song, uh, I would be starting with this one more than likely. So, or, wow. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the next one, which this is like a dagger in my heart because I could not be further away from the rest of you guys. And it only scored 15 points because I actually like it. And the rest of you don't. So, uh, <laughs> in 10th place on 15 points and just look at the difference we went from five points in the last spot and up by 10 that's how much we, that's how much we hate you're all that i want um 15 points easy as it seems and i love this song so i'm just going to get the happy stuff out of my system right now i love the beat i love the vibe the baseline which i believe is paul and again, it's, I just see Paul Stanley in Studio 54 in 1980 saying, hmm, well, I can't do I Was Made for Loving You again. Oh, OK. This is very danceable and coming up with the same sort of thing that he was trying to capture with I Was Made for Loving You. So almost disco rock 
again, but just being mm-hmm. in a disco or somewhere to dance, listening to danceable music in 1980. So I've always loved this song. It's always been a standout for me, is to this day. I was swerving in my lane while driving listening to this today. Um, <laughs> so let's see, who hates it the most, Lonnie? <laughs> it is me. It is my least favorite song on the album. It's like Julian said, it's too disco-y. He's trying too hard to be disco-y again. And it's it's everything that I don't like about I Was Made For Loving You just amplify it is what the song is. It's it's well I got it's it's exactly what Julian said. Well I had a hit with I Was Made For Loving You, so how about I write this? And no, it just it totally is off the mark and it's absolutely dreadful. And it would be near the bottom of my list if I was doing a list of all time least favorite kiss songs. I really don't like it at all. Apparently I'm in the minority list because you guys, the rest of you guys had, had not much higher. But yeah, not, yeah maybe, not much higher, but the rest of you, it's, it's only, you, it's only me. The rest of you had all no, and not much higher. I mean, but it's, it just doesn't do it for me at all. And I'm, very similar to Julian, the fact that if this comes on, I hit skip when this comes on. Like, uh, what's what's next? What else can I listen to? I just don't care for it whatsoever. See, Mark and Ken agree to one another. They had this third from bottom mm-hmm. each. So, Ken, lead us off with your thoughts about this song and why it's not uh, that, you know, doesn't well, resonate with you. It's it just, it just down and lower in the list. I mean, really, the, the rest of the songs... Uh, that are above you you're all that i want are they're they're all pretty good songs in their in their own way they're not horrible songs as far as i'm concerned easy as it seems actually when i first listened to the album i remember liking it more i liked it more than i did you know than i do now um but it's still a pretty good song um it just has to fall below these other songs uh that are above it because the other songs are you know, just a little better and though Lonnie was had a point about you know, he's trying too hard a little bit on that and and again I think I don't know I think Paul Stanley does a, almost a falsetto voice in almost every song on this album uh, maybe not Sh- oh, Shandy I don't know but uh, he, he he did one of those things on, on easy as it seems is like you don't you know you don't need to do that you know, it's just just sing it straight. Um, this is not the Bee Gees or whatever. So it just yeah, it just it just is what it is. But it's not a bad song. I I still think I don't skip it, so it's okay. Never know, it might turn up on Paul's Soul Station album. All right, so mm. uh, Mark, <laughs> your thoughts on Easy as it seems? Well, um, I I think a lot of the comments that were made, I agree with. I mean. I think it's pretty weak. I think, he, like Lonnie said, Paul's trying to take the things that were, you know, successful in his mind about I was made for loving you and tried to put it into this song and then kind of ramp it up a bit and it just ends up falling flat, I think. Um, it's not not overly catchy to me. And I mean, Paul usually has catchy material. And um, the thing that I also find that's... Um, interesting about this what ken brought up is that this song um is not a bad song but it's a song 
that isn't as good as the rest of them. So it's not the, a case so much of the fact that it's a terrible song, but it's just that the rest of the songs above it are much stronger. In fact, I'll go as far as to say if the last three songs, uh, You're All That I Want, this one, and one of the other ones that I selected were cut from this record, and if it was only, and if it was only left as an eight-song record, I think the record would be far stronger. Not that it would have helped at all, Kiss, in 1980, no. but uh, yeah, <laughs> there we go. All right, so in ninth place on... Well, actually, we have a tie in ninth place. So I think on this one, uh, let's do a tiebreaker. One, two, three. All right, Gene. All right, so ninth place on 16 points, She's So European. Mark, mm-hmm. let's go straight back to you since you uh, like this the least of us. Okay, this is a song that's always kind of bothered me. The very first time I saw this record and I saw that title, right away it kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. I was like, she's so European. It just seemed like a very odd title. And when I saw, um, sorry, when I heard this song and those keyboards came out, I was like, wow, okay, this was something that really didn't strike me well, especially for a Gene song, because I know Gene always kind of, you know, makes himself look out he like the you know the demon you know the the hard hitting aggressive songs and then when you have these like sappy keyboards playing in the background there i was like wow this is this is not a gene song in my opinion i mean he's even said it himself in the you know those audio commentaries that he's done that you know at that point he thought that anything that he wrote should have been recorded and released and you know looking back at it he thought it was complete lunacy that they actually recorded this song and i agree with him this should not have been recorded for this record it's crap well you agree with paul stanley that's what he said about this album you know basically <laughs> that it's crap that a lot of these songs you know started off with balls and then when they recorded them they uh they lost that in their, the translation from demo or uh, from idea into you know fully recorded i'd like this the next you know least to you and I think once I get over kind of like being happy that the Gene Simmons band did this, um, I go straight back to it having nothing to do with Kiss's demographic whatsoever. Pink Champagne, Brass Beds, you know, Saint-Tropez. What the fuck? It's so pretentious. I mean, it's nearly as bad as, you know, Paul's current name dropping in interviews. I mean, it's like Gene trying to be all, you know, yeah. Like he'd ever been to San Marino uh, or anywhere like that. It's just, it has nothing to do with Kiss. So he'd obviously started dating Diana Ross by then, by the time he wrote this. But the demo on the vault is way better. So there we go. Lonnie. Not a fan. I think I, I probably had my fourth least favorite. Probably had a little bit higher than you guys. Um, as much as I sung this album's praises last week when we talked about 80s albums, I really liked it. There are some some definite throwaways on the album that that bring it down, and, and this is still one of them. It's like Julian said that it's not it's not Kiss at all with Gene. It's 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 some you, you almost have to remind yourself sometimes that Gene sings this and not Paul by the lyrics that are in it. You don't you don't picture the the big bad demon singing about pink champagnes and brass beds because her parents are still away. You know what I mean? It's like, really, dude? I mean, a couple of years ago from this, you were singing Christine 16, I gotta have you. But now we're singing about 
I don't know what, what happened. And I guess it's true about what happened to Kiss then from 77 to 80. So, you know, that all being said, it's not, not very good. And, and it, I had a fourth from the bottom of my list and the, the, the bottom four for me were, were pretty easy to put down at the bottom. And I think, um, it got harder as I went to rank these songs from favorites on up because there, there are some, some pretty good throwaways in my opinion. This is one of them. And like Mark said, it probably should have been left off. Yeah. So I oops there and the demo didn't turn up on the vault. Uh oh. Chewing's right. a hoarder. Ken, <laughs> you like this the most out of all of those. Wow. So, yes, um, number five. I've always liked the song. Actually, I've yeah. always liked the song. Um, even though it's not the, you know, demon uh, <laughs> singing. And it's, I mean, even his vocals are not demon anyway uh, on this album. Uh, but I've always, I've always enjoyed it. And you know what? It was, again, another song fully realized live it it, it, it comes off better live on, on the uh the gene simmons band so it worked i i always liked it i don't know it maybe it's a little corny stuff but uh i always enjoyed it now on your other comment about paul hates this album and, and other albums you know i i'll tell you he would have probably hated i pretty I'll, I'll say I'm pretty sure that he would have hated Destroyer. Paul would have hated Destroyer had not Beth saved that record. If that Beth wouldn't have became a hit, it would have tanked. The only albums that Paul likes are the ones that sold or or the ones he produced. <laughs> so I I just think he wouldn't have liked Destroyer as much as if it would have tanked, you know. I just don't think he would have. But anyway, that's just on another subject. Uh, but again, she she's so European. I always liked it. It's number five on my list, though. So maybe Paul's the original grumpy cat and should have warned Peter's. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. All right. Uh, grumpy cat see. died, by the way. I know. Mm. Ran out of nine lives. All right. So mm. here we are. And I think we're up to the... The shocker. This was tied with She's So European on 16 points. In eighth place, Torpedo Girl. And I put Ace ahead of Gene on this simply because I think Ace's material on this album is on balance stronger than Gene's material on this album. And he had three songs. So Torpedo Girl. Um, let's see, who had this highest? Uh, Lonnie and me agreed. Ken, you hated it. Why? <laughs> hated it. <laughs> so, Why uh, you, hate it? you have it at tenth, tenth position. I say that uh, really is uh, nearly as far away from liking it as you. Yeah, actually, get. I had it. Yeah, I was flip flopping easy as it seems in Torpedo Girl. I actually had him flipped, and then I flipped him back. Um, but yeah, <laughs> tor- tor- Torpedo Girl is, you know, it's okay. I mean, it's a cool riff. Uh, but it's just kind of, again, a, a, a goofy little song. I don't know what the heck it's about. Um, <laughs> this is Torpedo Girl. Uh, it leaves a lot to the imagination. Um, but uh, it just doesn't really fit um, with a lot of the other music on the album. It's just so off, you know, different than the rest of it, uh, the songs, even from his other songs. Uh, but, again... It, fit, it would fit better on a, a solo album, I think, than this being on Unmasked. Um, 
So he could have maybe saved it or something. Anyway, it's it's a it's still a good song. It, it's just again another one that falls below some of these other other better songs. Yep. Um, I think he'd been hanging out with Crazy Joe Renda a little bit too much when he wrote this song, <laughs> because obviously they wrote Eugene and then Ace, mm. possibly ah, ah Curly, uh, and went off and wrote this one. Mark, you know. You you liked it the next least, so why? Um, now usually I think that at this time period Ace has some pretty strong material. Um, while this is not horrendous or anything, um, it's out of the three songs that he wrote on this record, I think this is the weakest one of the three. Um, the drum beat I think is interesting uh it's obviously not a peter chris drumbeat that instantly is a giveaway right there um i've never heard peter doing such a um you know complicated beat as that before um and the bass line is interesting too um but again i think the lyrics kind of knock it down for me and uh i don't know some of some of the i think some of the riffs for the guitar, on guitar playing wise could have been a bit better for it. I think that he wrote more stronger material on the other two songs than on this one. Uh, but it again, and it, this goes back to what I was saying earlier though, too, is that it's not necessarily it's a, that it's a bad song. It's just that the other songs ahead of it are much stronger, I think. So it's just a matter of that this kind of got there because I just couldn't justify putting them higher than the other ones. Yeah, I really get the feeling that this song is a result of Paul being on the phone to Ace saying, Ace, I really need you to write some more songs because Gene's stuff really sucks. Have you heard this song that he just bought from, you know, uh, John Montgomery? And he wants to do that. No, we got to have some real songs. So Ace says, oh, all right, Curly, and rewrites uh, Rocket Ride, Torpedo Girl, Rocket Ride. Yeah. Torpedo Girl, Rocket Ride. Uh, you know. The chorus, at least, is basically the same. But I'm biased. Having seen him done this live now on the cruise, I, I mean, we all went gaga for it then. And it may be juvenile, it may be stupid, but, uh, you know, what do I have this fifth from bottom? So, uh, yeah. Okay, Ken. thought you were going to tell me I was on mute. Um, you know, I like it more than it shows up in position on my ranking, because once we get over the you're all that I want and Shandy, everything else is, uh, you know, decent enough on the album for me. Yeah. So. Lonnie, Torpedo Girl. I enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's not Ace's best track on the album, but it's certainly a fun song on the album. And I'm kind of with Julian. I saw him do it in a medley back when he toured in 2008. And really kind of lost my mind when he was doing that. Was like, Man, you freaking believe this? He's playing Torpedo Girl of all things. So, um, you know, it, it, the song kind of skyrocketed in, in, in rankings, and at least in my mind, after after I got to see him play it live. But, you know, it, it's, a fu- it's a fun song. It's 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 Ace, you know, it's just Ace Frehley. It's a typical Ace Frehley song. It's just, you know, I, I play it in my car. I played it in my car with my wife once. It's, you know, he's like... He's like, come on, get your feet wet. And she's like, oh, come on. That's just terrible. God, how's it good? No, it's awful. God, it's good. But no, I love it. It's, it's a fun song. Like And like I said, from here on, on up, I, I really like these songs from here on up. And this is just the start of it. 
You know what? I think when you're home and able to record, we're going to have to play a bit of a song for Becky and get her instantaneous response to that song right. on I the think show. That could be a good game on the show. <laughs> What? Hopefully, hopefully what? next week I'm taking off tomorrow, so I have other extra shit I have to do. Yeah, right. the, the segment. What does Becky think? <laughs> Great. And she's I love o- it. She's only allowed to use three words. <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's gonna be a new segment. Turn it, it off. All right. So <laughs> hopefully I haven't forgotten anyone on this one because I kind of lost track of where I was because I was surfing Not again, and, and checking my phone on that. All right. So we have a tie on 22 points with the next two songs. And since I just had Ace over Gene on that last tie, I think we'll have Ace over Paul on this one. So in seventh place on 22 points, Shandy. I've already said how much I hate Shandy. And um, I think we really need to go to Lonnie who likes it. Yeah, you need to go to me. I probably had it the highest out of all you guys, judging from what you guys said about the singles. I had it, what did I have it, like third on my list? Third, third from the top? Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I third from the top. You're a Shandy fanboy, so tell I us am. why. I am. I enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what? Teach their own. I, I I, enjoy the song. It's it's, it's different. It's certainly different. And you guys, and Julian, you said that earlier, that it's so different from anything they ever, they, they did. And I guess that's why they, and obviously that's why they chose it to be the single because it is so different. Um, and I, and I think that's what they were looking for in 1980 was something different because I don't know. I guess, I guess of the songs that they had to choose from too, they were looking for something just different. And Shandy is definitely a standout if you're, if you're looking for that category. I, I enjoy it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's, I think it's a fun song to be honest with you. You guys are going to disagree. Julian's going to tell me that I'm not allowed on the show anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Never. You're critical to this show. Um, let me just put it this way. And Mark, no offense whatsoever, or any of our Canadian listeners. If you remember me talking about Canadians when I went to Edmonton for a show or to Vancouver, Canadians are so goddamn nice that when I came back to the States, I just wanted to punch someone because they've been so nice everywhere. Shandy's like that to me. Shandy, of course, is also a British drink. And in British drinking culture, um, you drink Brit, uh, bitter or stout, and you're a man. You drink scotch, and yeah, um, or you're a pussy, and you drink shandy, which is lager mixed with lemonade. It's kind of a yeah. summer drink. It is complete. I mean, if a man orders a shandy, well, he's obviously a Morris dancer. Um, yeah, there's no two ways about it. So having that title is just not a good thing. And the song pretty much <laughs> sums up everything I just said about that god awful drink. But uh, Mark, since I just dissed Canada, sorry. <clears throat> well, I, I understand the uh, the reasoning behind it, um, but I think that uh, Shandy is a song that I don't hate as much as maybe I should, um, mainly because I think it, it just in my own experience, it was never overplayed as much. Like in my house, you know, Bath was played a lot. And, you know, like It Up was played a lot. But Shandy never was. I mean, even though we did have the album in the house since it came out because of my older sister, it was just not a song that she connected to very much. Therefore, it was not played a lot in the house back in the earlier days. Um, when I had the record myself on CD in my car, um, you know, 
it, it was a song that I left because of a second song on the record. So it was kind of a matter of when I was in the car listening to it. I always had friends in the car and we were talking. And next thing I know, the song was done. So half the time, I never even caught it whenever I was listening to the CD. So it kind of passed by rather quickly. Um, it is an attempt at a single, obviously. Um, the only strike to it, in my opinion, and also the thing that I think that makes it interesting is that it's not really a Kiss song because Paul Stanley's the only one on there who plays on it. You know, there's no, there's no Peter on there. There's no Gene playing bass. You know, there's no Ace playing leads on it. It's, it's really just like a Paul song that he had session people help him with and uh, ended up being a song that they all thought was very different. And there, there's, there's your reasoning for why it's so different because it's just Paul and a bunch of people who are not in the band. So uh, I think the main reason why it is you guys. Yeah, fair enough. Again, you know, for what I was saying about it, it's just too damn happy. And uh, real, unlike Beth, which is different, it just it doesn't do anything for me. Ken, your thoughts on Shandy? <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking the same thing as Mark. It's it's a good song, but it's it's not a good kiss song. It's not a typical kiss song. It's not even like a hard luck woman. I mean, it's just different. Um, again, yeah, Paul is the only kiss member uh, playing on it, and maybe he did that purposely because he probably thought you know he was going to get rejected by uh, Gene and Ace. Uh, you know, and he kind of like snuck that one in there while they were out of the studio or something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, just to get it in there, uh, because it's kind of a sappy song for him, really. Um, though it did well, I think it was Australia or whatever. Um, which is, which is fine. Um, but it's not a bad song. It's just not a great kiss song. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so this was also tied on 22 points, and again, because I think Ace's contributions are greater than Gene's, and in this case it's greater than uh, Shandy, in sixth place on 22 points, two sides of the coin. And again, this is a song we all went gaga for on the cruise when Ace's band ripped it out, and you know it, it was a train wreck but we still enjoyed the living daylights out of it. And I think a little bit like Torpedo Girl, which is really tough to play live. Uh, this one's much easier, much more of a straight-ahead rock song. I have this, you know, it's in the top half of my picks for the album. Always have liked it. But what makes it be, I think, it, uh, what did I rank it? Uh, seventh from bottom. So it's just the lyrics. I think he really yeah. needed a bit more help on the lyrics on this song because musically it's a, it's a strong track. It's a good ace track uh, from that perspective. There are parts of it lyrically that are good, but there are also parts that are just, I always kind of shake my head. Really? That's all that you could come up to rhyme is that. Um, <laughs> so it, it feels a little bit, well, maybe it's ace. Maybe it's just lazy. So it's a good song. It's not a powerhouse, but it's also not complete dross. Lonnie, what are your thoughts on uh, Two Sides of the Coin? I enjoy it. It's a, I think it's a fun song. Again, it's it's just an ace really having fun type song more than anything else. I mean, he's it's he's just I don't know. I I I, I hadn't heard the song a whole whole lot 
or, or listen to it, I guess, a whole lot on Unmasked until Greatest Kiss came out in 97. And for some reason, Two Sides of the Coin is included on Greatest Kiss. You know, I don't I don't know why. And I think a lot of us were confused by that. OK. Um, and, and I found a new appreciation for it when when that came out. And. And I was and I was just listening to that album because we didn't have as Mark's gone. We didn't have as many Kiss compilations as we do now. So it's it's just another. It's just, I think it's just another. I love I love Ace singing in Kiss. I love Ace songs in Kiss, and uh, this Ken, is one of them. What are your thoughts on Two Sides of the Coin? Yeah, it's pretty good. So I say, I, you know, I had the same uh, feelings about it, where it's the lyrics uh, are really. I mean, really rudimentary rhyming and, and, and lyrics. Um, that's the only thing that holds it back. Otherwise, again, like you said, Julian, music is good. It's good. It kicks in, and once it goes into the chorus, it's really, you know, catchy tune. Um, so, again, it's just the lyrics. It's still a good song, but, you know, it's Ace. So, you know, <laughs> you kind of <laughs> expect it. Mark, did I get your thoughts with all those no. kind of things? So uh, lead us out. Last comments on Two Sides of the Coin. Well, again, I think the, the problem with this is the lyrics. Um, but what I really like about this song and Talk to Me is that Ace has introduced us to, well, for Kiss songs at least, he's introduced us to the open G tuning for this stuff. So um, that's a very Rolling Stones type of tuning mm-hmm. to use. Hence why it sounds so Rolling Stone-ish, this song, and Talk to Me. And I really like it. I think it's very catchy. Um, it gives it a really kind of cool rock vibe to it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those songs that, as a guitar player, I kind of loved learning to play because it gave me some new challenge, you know, new tuning to figure out and, you know, uh, sit down and jam along with it. Once you get that tuning, you realize that it's not an overly complicated song to play, but it's it's a fun song to play, and that's one thing that Ace can do well is write really catchy, fun tunes to play. So um, that's why I think I placed it so high. If if the lyrics were a bit stronger, I think I probably would have would have put it even higher. Yep. All right. So Mark gets satisfaction from two sides of the coin. All <laughs> right. There's nice. there's no more ties now as we move into the top five. In fifth place on 24 points, what makes the world go round? Um, Lonnie, I believe you have this one ranked the lowest. Why? I got it pretty, pretty low to the bottom. I, for a lot of the reasons that I have easy as it seems near to, near the bottom, I mean, to me it's just a matter of trying too hard and, and, and trying to have too poppy of a song and the song is really just kind of neutered to me. There's not much to it. It's it's very flat and boring, in my opinion. There's it, it's a song I would have left off the album. And, and per, to be perfectly honest with you guys, you guys like it. I'm I'm really more anxious to hear why you guys like the song more than anything else. Well, I have it ranked the next lowest, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, why do I like the song? It had a great picture sleeve of Ace in England. Mm. Um, <laughs> as far as the song and the music goes, it's like the falsetto does not work. It's a hybrid. 
between a straight ahead rock song and the higher pitch singing that would become a feature of much of the 1980s. So it's kind of the starting point for Paul going downhill um, to a certain extent. Because when he was uh, stratospheric, you know, it's the same reason I hate Magic Touch. I just had a text during this. I actually uh, was, uh, I can't believe you hate Magic Touch. So I'm just <laughs> listening to the Dynasty. Well, I hate <clears throat> what makes the world go round, much for the very similar reasons. So uh, let's see, who who was, uh, Mark and Ken were pretty similar in the rankings of this. Mark, you liked it a little bit less than Ken. So what are your thoughts on the song? Um, well, again, I kind of understand Lonnie's position on it because I think they're very similar uh, songs in Paul's thinking, like how he approached them. Um, but this song, I think, in my opinion, is a, is a stronger. It doesn't have as many uh, points in it that make me go, Ugh, when I listen to it. Uh, I think the lyrics are better in this song. Um, the chorus is better. I think overall, and that to me is the most important thing. I think that the chorus and what makes the world go round is much better than easy as it seems. Easy as it seems is a little too bordering on disco for me that this one seems a little less. And uh, I just think that Paul, I don't know. I think just Paul's writing in this song is, is a bit stronger than the other ones. And I, you know, and I think that um, as far as what they were attempting to do for this record, I think it, it he hit the mark a little bit more with this song. Fair enough. Ken, uh, you and... Uh, yeah, you're pretty close I'm to that. My list, but, uh, you know, surprisingly to myself, I ranked it that high because I don't think I ever liked it uh, that much <laughs> in the past. But today, <laughs> or when I was listening to the album, I really enjoyed... I enjoyed it, Uh today more than i thought i would uh, i liked it better than i felt you know from the past um so it's it's a pretty pretty good song uh it's not your typical paul song um but yeah he's doing the falsetto thing in there which i don't think he needs to you know needed to keep doing in a lot of these songs on this album um yeah it worked on uh, i was made for loving you but you know it's it's you should stop there and just leave it. <laughs> Don't do it anymore. Um, it's, it's not needed. So it's a pretty good song. Uh, that's why I ranked it up that high. And again, a lot of these songs, I could see them switch in places um, from day to day because they're all pretty darn good. And some days I may feel in a different mood and like this song better than the, you know, the next song. So, that's why these podcasts will never get old, because every time you do a ranking, it's, be it's, different. Ba- it's bound to be different again. You know, I think what makes the world go round is a great lyric. It's a, it's a great idea for a song. It, again, it's just the vocal that kind of detracts from me. All right. So we are now into the top four. And this one's skewed because I rank this one way higher than the rest of you. Uh-huh. You're obviously on the same page um, in that it's in the second third of uh, your picks on this album so in fourth place on 32 points is that you and i'll just get my uh thoughts out of this on this one out of the way first from the moment i heard this song first song on the album i loved it it was like a great opening track it was rock it was you know just the sort of rock that i liked at the time i like it to this day i like the live versions um 
I like the missing verse that wasn't included on Kiss's version that Jared McMahon included on his uh, demo. And that's all it is. It's a great rock song on an otherwise not very rock album overall. So um, let's see. Lonnie, let's start with you on this one. I enjoyed it. I think it's a it's a great lead track to kick off an album. Um, I like the way the chorus echoes one another with with you know Paul saying "Is that you?" and they say "Is that you?" back to him. I think it's it's really it's a fun song and it's it's pretty it's one of the heavier songs on the album too that actually isn't so so neutered like a lot of the other songs that we've discussed so um it's a paul song lead track off the album makes sense that a heavier paul song lead off the album and it's fun um it's it's a more it's more of a kiss track a quote-unquote kiss track than a lot of the other songs on the record that you could you could hear this song on other records whereas a lot of songs on this album as good as they may be you might not fit in on other kiss records just the way that the way they stand the way they stand i know if okay we take certain songs on this record we take you know we take i don't know what makes the roll go round even and and make the guitars heavier or something okay yeah and make fit in somewhere else but if you take this song as it is and put it on another kiss record it's not gonna just stand out like a stand out like a sore thumb like what were they doing here it doesn't make sense this song is is the most kiss song on the album yeah totally agree on Mm -hmm. that without the production qualities that uh ponzi brought to the album it could be a pretty rocking song Mm -hmm. uh mark you agree to lonnie in terms of your ranking what are your thoughts on it yeah um again when i listened to this the very first time i heard it because you know when i first you know started hanging with my buddies who were kiss you know like big kiss fans they were always telling me to you know watch out for this record you know it's not that good so well when i got it and i put it on i was immediately surprised you know because it's it's such a heavy song for this record it kicks out really strong and I mean, I'm listening to it in the car and I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. You know, the, the chord progressions are really cool. And it, the only time when I started going, oh, oh, no, 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 is when they go into the pre-chorus, the you always get the, when they started doing all that stuff, I'm like, oh, no, don't, please, you know. But then once they got out of that and they go into the chorus, I was like, okay, whew, okay, we're back into safe territory again. So uh, I think that's a really good song. It's a strong opener, but the only uh, negative I can say about it is that because it's so good, the next song is a kind of like like a kick in the nards. You listen to Shandy right after this, you know, it's like, oh no, now I know what they're talking about, you know, like when they talk about the beware of this record, right? But I think this song is really good. And it's one of those songs, and I'll, I'll be honest, when I was thinking about doing a Kiss cover for my record stuff, um, I was actually considering doing this song because I really, really like this song. So never know, maybe in the future. Yeah, I think possibly this is one of the worst track sequences on any Kiss album. Is mm. that you into Shanty? You're up, 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 down. It's just <laughs> a... and and here's the funny part for me. Uh, it's ironic that I just bagged on what makes the girl the world go round for the exact same reasons that I like. You know, is that you? I don't like the high parts of world goes round but i don't have a problem with it and is that you so very weird ken you're completely middle of the road on this song 
Yeah. Um, I always thought it it didn't sound like Kiss. I mean, when I first put on the record, I'd like, this doesn't sound like a typical Kiss song to me. Though they made it their own song and, and did a great job on it. It stuck out to me like a sore thumb on this album as being completely different from the rest of the album. Um, just like Shandy, too, in a way. Both of those songs. Um, but having said that, it's still a good tune. And I guess, you know, like I said, they made it their own. Um, but it didn't. It never, to me, felt like it, it was a Kiss-written song. And, and it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't see them writing that type of song. Um, and it's just the way I felt about it. But it's a, it's still, you know, pretty high on the list. It still does okay for me. Yep. All right, here we are. We're into the, into the top three. And uh, in third place on 34 points, Talk to Me. Lonnie, you, uh, I, I guess you kind of like this song. I do. It's my favorite song on the record. I can't believe that you guys, I guess I'm the only one that has it ranked number one. But I, I enjoy it thoroughly. I said at the start of the show I would have had it as a single off the album. Um, I think he would have done well for for Ace and done well for the band. I don't, I'm not saying it would have turned the album into a hit record, but I think it would have kept Ace happier for a, a longer duration amount of time had you gave more praise to his standout track on the album. I I think it's the songwriting is is great by Ace. It's one of his more well written songs. You know, we we talked about Torpedo Girl and we talked about two sides of the coin that oh they're they're fun ace songs but this this, this song's actually really really good and you could see someone else singing this song not just like an ace fairly fun track it's it's a standout song on the record and it's a shame to me that it wasn't that it didn't get more love and it didn't receive it's hands down my favorite song now all right mark also likes it a lot yeah i, I think it's fantastic i think it's a definite standout on the record um, I think he wrote really well on this. Um, the the outro, the outro chorus on this is fantastic. I love the way it, he the the song ends in this. Like I mean, it's such a well written ending to this song. And even the guitar solo section is really well thought out. Like everything in this song is well thought out. The 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 verse works really well. The choruses are really strong. Uh, the drumming is fantastic in this song. I mean, definitely not Peter Chris style at, at all. Like those Tom fills and stuff are just fantastic that Anton does in this song. And uh, it definitely kicks it up a level or two because of that. The drumming just really gives it that push that it sorely needs, right? And uh, it's 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 a great song. I mean, I think that this one should always be put on any sort of best of uh, album that Kiss does. Ken, you also kind of like this one. It's uh, in third spot for you. Yeah, it's well, it's his best, his Ace's best song on the album. Um, it's real catchy. Um, dedicated to Tom Snyder, I think. <laughs> but um, it's it's just a, a cool tune. Uh, it's something that could have been on his '78, you know, maybe a leftover from a solo album. Um, it's it's that good. I think it would fit in on that on that album. Um, but I agree. It's it's a well written song, great guitar uh, solo, and and just a cool tune. That's why it's up there so high. Yeah, oddly, uh, I don't like this song at all. 
<laughs> wow. I I have it in eighth. My eighth favorite really? song. Yeah. Wow. I really have never liked this song. And you know what? It's it's gonna sound funny to say this about any Kiss song. The lyrics are just so bad on this. All I want's a little conversation. Come on. That is just so saccharine and safe and so what was wrong with the band in nineteen eighty. Talk to me, talk to me. All I I just want to talk to you. No, this is Kiss. They don't want to talk to you. They want to bang, bang you and shoot you down with their love wow. guns, baby. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you make me dizzy. I get a good vibration. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know, 14-year-old me didn't like it. Much far away from 14-year-old me still doesn't like it. So, um, sorry, Ace. You know, all I will say that it was badass when they did it in 2001. Or whenever they uh, threw it into the Kiss set, which was kind of cool, but uh, no, 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 no. That's wow. way that's way too many Crazy Nights references in one yeah. in one episode. But, yes. there, but there you go. Yeah. All right, moving on quickly to number two on thirty-eight points, Naked City. What else can you oh, say? Wow. Um, two of you had this as your favorite songs on the album. I had it in third, and Lonnie had it middle of the road, so all very positive. Mark, let's start with you as it uh, being your favorite song. Hands down, the best Gene song he's done in a long time at that point. Um, what I love about this song is very simple. It's it's more uh, thought out, I think, than any other Gene song, and that has probably to do with the fact that there's also multiple writers on this that probably helped. Um, you know, you know, Bob Kulik and those guys probably definitely helped with a lot of these cool guitar riffs that were in there. Um, and I think it has some of Gene's best vocals. I think he sings really good on this song. And the one thing that stands out on this that I really love, and every time this song comes up, I always crank up my stereo, is it has Gene's best bass guitar sound since Creed, well, Creatures will duplicate it later, but... Um, that bass guitar sound is fantastic. It sounds to me like a Spectre bass with some nice, nice active EMG pickups in there or something because it really has that really crunchy sound that he gets from that bass guitar. And I, I really, really love that bass sound. And it just, it's, it's not just some dumb, dumb bass line either. It's, it's some actual movement in it. There's some melodicness to it too. So I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a, a, a gem in the Gene Simmons catalog, and we know there's not many of those. Yeah, it's really tricky to play on the bass. But, mm-hmm. uh, all right, let's go to uh, Lonnie. You have this middle of the road in your selections. Yeah, it's good. I We've talked about Unmasked recently, and I was actually surprised how much love you guys had for Naked City. I like it, don't get me wrong, but I, I knew Mark had, had, had said earlier that it was, you know, one of his, if not his favorite song off the record. So I was kind of surprised by that, but I, I enjoy it. Absolutely. And it, you're right. It's, it's by far the best thing Gene had put out at that point in a in, in quite a while going back to going back to love gun really at that point. <laughs> I mean, you, you really have to, I mean, I like charisma. I know Ken's a big charisma guy, but I, I think it's the best thing he's put out going back to, to plaster caster or to Christine 16 or something like that. So it's, it's good. 
you know, it's it's a good gene song, and it's and it's a, again, it's a gene song that you could hear on on other records besides this one that that it could it could fit in nicely other places in the catalog. It's a it's a good Kiss song, is what I mean when I when I say it would fit in good on other records. So, um, is is definitely the bait the bass on it, like you guys reference, is really different and kind of tricky, but it's it, that's what part of it makes the song a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. definitely a good track. Excellent. And this is another one of the songs that I hope the demo eventually circulates because, of course, Bob mm. Hewlett said that Ace ruined the song. Um, and I want to know how the demo is yeah. different from what Ace did. You know, there's a shock. Bob didn't like what Ace did. All right. mm-hmm. um, Ken, this is also one, your favorite track on the album. Why? Yeah, my favorite by far. Um, I totally agree with Mark and, uh, about the song. Um, it is one of Gene's, you know, best songs written in a while. Um, I know, yeah, Charisma um, before that. Almost Human was, you know, another one of my favorites from going back. But uh, the deal with this song is his vocals are so freaking strong on it. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. It's just one of, I wish he could have just kept that kind of vocal style going forward, actually. Um because it it's really, really good. Um, and then I also would have enjoyed, you know, maybe him and and Bob writing some more material together. I mean, that could be a, you know, a, you know, potent combination there maybe. Um, so who knows what that could have been um, with those two. But again, a great song. Yeah, bass, I agree on the bass and, and so on. It's just a, a top-notch, one of Gene's all-time best songs. Agree, agree, agree. I mean, Pepe Castro can't be, uh, you know, mitigated mm. from the conversation either. True. You know, because I think he was in balance with uh, uh, with Bob at the time. So, you know, great song. Right. It's my third pick. Um, I do think it's one of the very best Gene vocals um, throughout the whole recorded catalog. All right. So let's do a recap before we get to number one. Going from our least, this panels, today, this panels, <laughs> the ranking of the Unmasked album from least favorite to most favoritistist is uh, in 11th place, You're All That We Want. No, you're not. But uh, easy as it seems, She's a European, Torpedo Girl, Shandy, Two Sides of the Coin, in fifth place, What Makes the World Go Round, fourth, Is That You, third, Talk to Me, second, Naked City, and obviously our favorite song on the Amass album is the hit that never was, the, the song that should have been a hit, Tomorrow, which I just can't say enough good things about Tomorrow. It is pop perfection, for it is songwriting that is just exquisite it is so well balanced it is well executed it's well constructed and it's probably the song on the album that fits the production the best and that's just my thought uh mark this is your third pick so it's your least of uh, all of his uh, favorite song yeah but with that said i think it's paul's best song on this record for sure uh, probably one of paul's better songs for the last couple of records um and I'm just going to echo what you said pretty much, Julian. This is, you know, pop perfection. Singing is fantastic on this. Uh, everything about it fits. The production fits with it, which is rare because the production is kind of the, you know, the part of this album that 
could have been improved. If it would have been improved, maybe some of the other songs would have sounded better. But this song benefits from this production. Um, and I just think that it's a, you know, a song that should have been on radio and played and embraced far more than it was. I mean, that this at this point, Kiss was, you know, looked at like the plague on radio and with other people amongst in the music industry. So even if it was, you know, quietly amongst the people in the radio industry saying, you know what, this song is probably the best song I've heard in 10 years, they, they would never have dared admit it and have played it on radio just simply because of who Kiss were at that time in people's eyes. So um, it is a shame because if this song would have came out, maybe, you know, I don't know, Love Gun era or something, or maybe in, you know, the album before, maybe it would have gotten more traction, but it, it should have gotten far more traction than it did. Yep. Ken, what are your thoughts on tomorrow? Well, I agree with Mark. Um, it should have definitely done better than it did. But part of the problem, I think, is just the the sequencing of of singles from the prior album to to Unmasked. Um, you know, sh- you know, Shandy. What are you doing there? You know, don't release that as a single. Um, I, I just think tomorrow would have done better had Kiss released. Uh, maybe I was made for loving you as a later single, not as a lead lead off single. I mean, once everyone thought, oh, they went disco, boom, just a whole bunch of fans just dropped off at that point. And now you're going to go to unmasked in, and uh, it's it's just too late at that point. It's just you're on your down downward slope. And uh, and they're going to continue it for the next you know couple of years. So it's too bad. I mean, it, when I first got the album, that was my favorite song. When I first got that, I remember going back to that and listening to it over and over. I put on, I throw on side two and just play it and, and over and over again. Um, it's just a great, like you said, Julian, pop perfection. It is pop perfection. So it's it's a shame that. People never got to hear it on the radio. It really is a shame. Well, they did in Germany. It made it to number 70. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, a little bit on wow. radio, I guess. <laughs> Lonnie. I enjoy it. It's, lyrically, it's fantastic. Musically, it's it's great. Like you said, it, it fits the style for what they were going for on this album. Um, I love the build-up to the chorus, how the, how the verse builds up to the chorus and the chorus is so strong and even like the first time you even hear the song you're almost singing along with it immediately it's that catchy um and that being said it's a shame that it didn't get more radio play because it is that catchy it could have been a good radio hit but i can wing what ken said they set themselves up for failure because it goes back to i was made for loving you being the lead single from dynasty and people thinking they sold out and the band went disco and a lot of the diehard fans that follow them from, you know, alive. And even before that, you know, getting a little older and, and dropping off seeing that their band that they loved early on when they weren't very big is, is now selling out. And the costumes with dynasty didn't help either. Didn't help <laughs> say that, Oh, they didn't help the argument that they didn't go disco and they came out with these big flashy flamboyant costumes didn't help the argument that no they haven't gone disco well there's 
there's there's your Gene Dynasty action figure right there. So I think it, it all stems from that. I mean, look at that look. Look how different they look there as to what they look like on the Alive 2 stage, just less than two years prior to that. You know, it, they're a totally different looking band. And it and people, and like Paul said, people listen with their eyes more than they listen with their ears when he's talking about creatures and, and lick it up. People see that image and they think, geez, what are they doing? What have they done? They're not, that's not my band. That's not the, they don't even have to hear it. They, they see that and they think that's not the hardcore band that I have been supporting these years. They've sold out. I'm, I'm out. I'm into Judas Priest now and, and ACDC bands that were releasing very heavy albums at the time. So tomorrow is a going back to tomorrow. Tomorrow is a great song and it should have gotten more radio airplay. But I think that a chain of events set up to where it didn't stand a chance. Fair enough. All right. Did I get everyone's thoughts on that one? Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. So there we are. We all like tomorrow. But then again, we've said that before, so that shouldn't be any surprise. What about today? Yesterday and today. (laughs) Never liked them. All right, so that's it. You know, what are your thoughts on, you know, where do you rank all the songs on the album? What are your, what is your, your, your listing if you have one? Or um, if nothing else, what is your least favorite and your most favorite on this album, knowing that you might change your mind tomorrow? Except in the case of You're All That I Want, which will never be anyone's favorite. Um, yeah. and, and if it is your favorite, do, do please tell us why. <laughs> you know, that, that I would actually like to hear. So, you know, that was fun. Always good to go through these uh, albums and do rankings as a panel and kind of figure out what a group um, does kind of think and feel about a song. And surprisingly, even though we've done so many podcasts together, we're all over the place on these. So mm-hmm. you never know how they're going to balance out and where it's going to end. I, I think that's no real surprise that tomorrow did. But uh, there you go. All right. That's it for this week. Uh, we thank you for listening and uh, hope that you'll subscribe to our channel. Uh, hit like or unlike or dislike or whatever. You know, Leave us a comment wherever you are. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show, and hopefully we'll see or hear you next week. So bye for now. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.